that I've ever taught, you can prepare something for days, and then in the last half hour, God just interrupts everything that you were thinking about, and breaking every chain was it for me today. It's like, that's right, that's right. My breakthrough is in my mouth, not in somebody else's mouth. He already provided it, but he showed me how to do it. He showed us how to do it. But here in Second Chronicles chapter 5, in verse 11, what it'll show you here is the pattern. And when you, when you get into the pattern, the glory will fall. What's the glory? Well, um, uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 31 says that it was everything that Laban was all about. That's the first time it's used. It was everything that, when you read about the glory of God, it's everything that he is, everything that he has, and everything that he can do. So when he says he wants to drop, Hebrews 2.10, he said, I came to restore many sons back to glory. He said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but he said, I came to restore many sons back to glory, back to his original intention, back to the way it was in the garden before they messed up. That's why he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're trying to get to heaven. He's trying to get heaven to earth. Headed backwards for years, you know. Oh, God, just get me out of here. No, get me in. Put me in the middle of it, glory to God. Anyway, in chapter 5, 11, it says that when the priests came out of the holy place and all the priests present were sanctified and they didn't come by course, what that means is there used to be 24 courses that worked in the temple, uh, two weeks at a time each. And so, but all of them are here together at this particular case. And let's, let's read what it says. And they didn't wait by course. In other words, they all came at once. And the Levites and the singers and list a bunch of people there. They came playing their cymbals like Pastor Paul did this morning. Psalteries and harps and stood at the east end of the altar. Look at this, 120 priests sounding with trumpets and I thought, how, what does it take to get 120 people into agreement? Because when you do that, the glory will fall. How do you know that? Because in Acts chapter 2, there was 120 people in the upper room, and the glory fell. Why? Because they were all in one accord in one place. So it's not about how many people there are. It's can we get in agreement? Can we get to a place where we come from different backgrounds and all that? Can we get past all that? Right. You're my brother, you're my sister. Do I always agree with you? No, and you don't always agree with me, but we don't have to be disagreeable. How about that? So here they are. They're all in one accord. It came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were in one sound. I thought, God, what does it take to get one to all those people in sync? I don't know any people in sync, but it can be done. It came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers got in one accord, one sound was heard, the praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voices with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, what they said in the Hebrew was, Kitov ki eleolam hasto. Hallelujah, Kitov ki eleolam hasto. What they're saying is, hey God, you're good. And that's most good. That's Kitov, that's most good. And your mercy endures forever. And they stood there and they sang that out and they sang that out. And let's see what happened next. Hallelujah. Look at this. Look at this. 
the last part of verse 13, that the house was filled with the cloud in the house of the Lord. And the priests couldn't even stand up to minister. You ever see anybody fall out in the spirit of the Lord? Can you imagine if we ever got in agreement? Would you, you'd be sucking carpet in here, laying down humbly before the Lord. It's like, oh, like when you sense his presence, it's like whether you've done anything wrong or not, the first thing you want to say is, I'm sorry. The second thing you want to do is just get down and worship. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that I didn't get what I deserved. You took what I deserved. You took what I deserved so that I got what you deserved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. They couldn't even stand up to minister by reason of the cloud because the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Read some stories about Azusa Street. The glory cloud got so thick in the church that the kids were playing hide-and-go-seek. They were picking up cataracts off the floor and throwing them at each other and stuff like that. Because what happened? Did God do something special there? No, the people did. God did something special 2,000 years ago when he sent his son, and the Holy Spirit came 2,000 years ago like a mighty rushing wind, but he hasn't left. He's still here. Holy Spirit's still here, so what's the problem? Turn to somebody next to you and say, you're not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> then it must be me. <laughs> How about chapter 7? See but, you, see, but you know, when you get into this place, it's not about finding a placement. It's not about finding a position. It's about finding your place in the body of Christ. Is it? No. It's about finding your purpose in the body of Christ. When you find your purpose and fulfill it, you don't have to be in competition with anybody else. No competition. Amen. Because, like Jen Tringle said this morning, it was good. She said, confidence is quiet. Insecurity is loud. And, and when, when she said that, it led me right to Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. When you're at peace with God, you're at peace with yourself and you're at peace with, with people around you. It settles you down. That's how you enter into his rest. How about chapter 7 and verse 1? <laughs> this is good too. <laughs> now, when Solomon had made an end to praying, the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. Well, you know, we, we offer sacrifices too, but we don't offer up lambs. Our sacrifice is a sacrifice of praise. Every time you praise him, it's offering up a sacrifice to honor him. You got it? Okay, you got it. So again, it's not about lots of times if you get into a routine and you get into songs that are familiar in the church, you can stand there and sing and be thinking about buying groceries later, about something else. It takes focus. It takes discipline. But the pain of discipline is a whole lot less than the pain of regret. So make sure you discipline yourself when you're in church. Hey, I'm here. If you're concerned about who's sitting behind you, turn around, take a look and shake their hand and then get back into this. Say, no, no, I'm here to praise the Lord. My purpose today is to praise him. Breakthrough is in my praise. Hallelujah. And I know that he doesn't need my praise. He doesn't have an, He's not an egomaniac. He knows that I need praise to keep me humble. 
Amen. Okay, how about, um, how about Psalm 100? I better finish reading this first, though. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest couldn't even enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord came down and filled the place. <laughs> and when all the children of Israel saw how the, the fire came down and the glory of God came upon the house, they bowed themselves, see there's humility, with their faces to the ground and on the pavement and in, worshiped and said, Kitov, Kileolam, same thing, same thing, as to praise the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. What's my job? Praise you, Lord. You're most good. Your mercy endures forever. You're not my problem. You're my solution. You know, you know and if you're still blaming God for things, you're not doing what he told us in Romans 4.21. The Bible says about Abraham that he became fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also powerful to perform. And I love that verse because it says, my job is to believe it and his job is to perform it. But when I believe it, when I believe it, and if I don't believe it, I can go get some scriptures and feed on them until I do. How about Psalm 100? I don't know what translation this is. Probably, probably the Passion Translation. Psalm 100, lift up a great shout of joy to God. Go ahead and do it, everyone. Lift up a great shout of joy unto the Lord and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship God with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. Realize what that really means. We have the privilege of worshiping our God, for he's our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through open gates with the password of praise and come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come and bring your offering unto him. Affectionately bless his beautiful name. For God is good, always good, and ready to receive you. He's so loving that he will amaze you, so kind that he will astound you. He's so famous for his faithfulness toward you all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. Amen. I mean, we say amen. Amen means, I mean, I mean it's, it means I trust. I trust him. That's why if you say everyone's going to hell, well, amen, you can't, amen doesn't work there. <laughs> You're all going to hell, amen. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, you hear people say amen to some strange things, that's all. Yeah. How about Philippians 4.4? 4? Because this is something that we do every day. Again, praise and worship is not something we're going to do on Sunday. It's your lifestyle. That's why when we come in here on Sunday, we shouldn't have to get pumped up. We should be in competition with the people up here on the platform. And I'm serious about this. Philippians 4, 4, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. So what season? If it's a good season, a bad season, if it's spring, summer, fall, winter, what season are you in? Identify it. If you're in a, a season of harvest, then reap. 
if you're a season in winter and it looks like everything is dead around you, know that there's some sap getting ready to run in your, up your legs. Amen? <laughs> Don't look at the season. Look at your Lord. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is forever near. I'm just going to keep reading here in Philippians. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Offering a faith-filled request before the Lord with over now here's the phrase, with overflowing gratitude. You're thanking him for what you don't have yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not, things not seen. In Mark eleven twenty four, 24, he said, the things that you desire when you pray, if you believe that you receive them, if you'll believe that you receive them, you've already got them. If you believe you receive them, they shall be given unto you. So uh, the, what, the, what, the, what the Jews made the mistake was they praised the Lord on the wrong side of the Red Sea. They praised him, praised him after they got delivered. What a different story it would have been if they said, we just saw all the miracles we did in Egypt. We're going to praise you right now. They wouldn't have wandered for 40 years in unbelief. They'd have went right into the promised land. They'd have went right in against Jericho. Jericho, 1400 B.C. They excavated that place. And uh, it's very cool because they found, you know, the, God told them, Take no tithe from Jericho. The tithe of every other place, you can, you'll own it. But in Jericho, you've got to burn everything. And so when they excavated Jericho, they found big, big bowls, barrels full of wheat that had just been harvested. Meaning, like, they, like if, you, if you broke into somebody's house, you're going to take what's there, right? They, they just totally destroyed everything as God told them to. Amen? Because he said, if you'll give me this, if you'll give me Jericho as your tithe, I'll give you the rest for free. No, you, people don't realize tithing's always been there. And what he's saying is, if you'll trust me with 10%, I'll give you, it's like if you'll just open up your hand and let go of what you've got, I can fill your hand with something a whole lot better. You keep hanging on, you don't get it. He said, I came to get you blessed. I came to give, not to receive. Anyway, so am I going to finish reading this? Yes. Saturated in prayer, through each day offering faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life and then let God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful and pure and holy and merciful and kind and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. A sacrifice of praise is when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you just get to rear back and say, in the middle of all these adverse circumstances, I just want to lift up my hands. I just want to worship you, God. I just love you. I praise you. I thank you, Lord, that 
I may be going through a circumstance, but the good news is I'm going through. The good news is I'm not building a house in the valley of the shadow of death. You said go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod, your staff, your Holy Ghost, they comfort me. You lead me in paths of, come on, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's not heaven. My cup runneth over, he said. So does yours. Amen. Okay, so that was, uh, where are we going to go now? I got it here on my phone. Uh -huh. Hebrews 13, 5. Live content with what you have. Why? Because you always have God's presence. Live content. So, again, you're not anxious for anything. You're not struggling trying to get more money. At the, you know that you, you understand Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth remains. Seed time and harvest time shall not cease. Whenever I plant a seed, I expect a harvest. Amen? Live content with what you have and always, because you always have God's presence. And hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you? Never. I will, oh, this part I like in the Passion. And I will never loosen my grip on your life. God is telling you today, listen, he, this is not Gary speaking. This is God speaking his word. If he was here, he'd tell you the same thing, exactly the same thing, because I got it from him a couple hours before you did. He said, this is what I want you to tell them today. Okay. He said, I will not loosen my grip on your life so that we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me. I will never be afraid of what people may do unto me. Hmm. Hallelujah. He said, I will never leave you. Never, never. I will not loosen my grip on your life so that with great confidence you can say, great confidence, with great confidence you can say, I know the Lord is for me. Let's try that. I know the Lord is for me. I know the Lord is for me. Hallelujah. And I will never be afraid of what people may do unto me. Verse 15. So we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. You want to do an offering unto the Lord? Praise him. There goes another lamb. Hallelujah. Another one I don't have to sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. How about Jeremiah 33? Now, in Je Jeremiah 33, 3, we all know that verse. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. He, but listen to what he said. He's saying, if you'll call on to me, I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. Command, all you got to do is call on him. He'll give you wisdom, revelation knowledge. Open up the eyes of your understanding that they'll be enlightened, that you'll be illuminated by the presence of God. But now I want to look in verse 6. It's a promise. Come on, 2 Peter 1, 4. Through these exceeding great and precious promises, 
we can partake of his divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. It's like, see that exit door out there? It says exit right above the door. God is saying, I've made a way of escape for you. And it's through my promises. He said, if you'll enter in and make my promises great, you'll escape all the other stuff. He said, behold, in verse 6, I will bring health and a cure. I will cure them and I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and I will build them like at the first. How about verse 8? I will cleanse them, say that's me, from all iniquity where I've sinned against him and pardon all my iniquities. He forgives all. He heals all of my diseases. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. He forgives all of my iniquities, heals all of my diseases, delivers my life from destruction, and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. What a deal. He's telling you the same thing here. I will cleanse you from all your iniquity, wherefore you've sinned against me, and I will pardon all your iniquities, wherefore you have sinned whereby you've transgressed against me. Verse 9, And it shall be unto me a name of, look, and it shall be unto me a name of joy and praise and honor before all the nations of the earth, which shall hear all of the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear no one and tremble against no one for the goodness goodness of God and the prosperity that I procure unto them. So are you fearless? Yes, because there is no fear in love, but your love casts out fear. So if you're still fearful, you don't know how much he loves you. If you're still afraid of what's going on in the world, you don't know how much he loves you. I was talking to Ed Dixon the other day on the phone. Ed is in, uh, you know, he's, for those of you that don't know, he's been working in Ukraine since Chernobyl. He's been working for God over there all these years, and I called him the other day just to get an update, and he said... uh, he, I, because I asked him about, about Kiev, and I asked him about Kiev, Rogue, the two cities that I was concerned about, because Kiev is, it's like, it's the Paris of Eastern Europe. It's absolutely beautiful. And the new building there is 12 or 1400 years old. It's just like gorgeous, right? Anyway, we, he, I said, what's, uh, what's uh, Kiev like? And he said, well, he said, they got up right close to it. He said, but the Ukrainian military... This is what he said about their president. I don't know what you hear. I just know what I heard from the direct source. He's friends with the vice president, so I'm thinking he probably knows these guys pretty good. He said, that guy is a Jewish believer. And he said, he's down in the trenches with the men. Wouldn't you like to see a leader like that somewhere? Like we could send Trudeau over or something. It's just a thought. But but this is what he said about Kiev. He said, he said, they chased them right out of there. They backed them off. But he said, where my house was being built, just outside Kiev, he said, I was getting a new house built. And he said, the tanks came in and mowed everything down. I mean, just tank tracks everywhere. He said, except my house. He said, my house doesn't even have a broken window. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but see, that didn't just happen by accident. That happens because he believes. That happens because he says of the Lord, you're my refuge, you're my God in whom I trust. I say you're my fortress. It's not just about thinking about it. You've got to, 
You're going to put it in. And again, isn't that praise and worship to you? Isn't that worship? Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to thank you, Lord, that uh, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I want to thank you, Lord, that I dwell under the shadow of Almighty God. And I say of you today, you're my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God in whom I trust. Surely you deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. A thousand may fall at my side. He goes on and on. But those things don't happen unless you activate them. Promises are voice activated. God's promises are voice activated. Remember that. His promises, I just can't think them. I have to activate them with my voice. Whosoever will say to this mountain, be thy removing cast and see and not doubt desire. Believe the things that he says will come to pass. That man will have whatever he says. You know, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. It's as simple as that. You got to believe. You got to believe he's for you, not against you. Uh, verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place. This is for you and I today. Thus saith the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place, which you say has been desolate because of the pandemic, without man or beast. Even, the, even here in the streets of Dartmouth, desolate and without man and without inhabitant, the voice of joy, listen, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness. What am I supposed to give voice to? Joy and gladness. Again, ants. Ants. Automatic negative thoughts. You've got to let all that go. How do I get rid of negative thoughts? By speaking positive words. Meditating His Word day and night, making your way prosperous and having good success. Amen. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom. The voice of the bride. The voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts. Here it is again. For he is good, and his mercy endures forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, I will cause them to return from the captivity of the land as at the first. What did they have to do? <laughs> they bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. They bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of their God. How important is praise? Praise is not everything, but it's everything that starts everything. Send Judah first, and the battle shall be won. Send out the praisers. You read Second uh, Chronicles chapter twenty. I went. You know, well, let's just go there, and we can stop over there and get the praise team back up here for a few minutes. How about verse seventeen of Second uh, Chronicles twenty twenty? Second Chronicles twenty seventeen, rather. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Tomorrow, go out against them. And this is, again, this is as stupid a battle plan as Jericho was. Go up and keep your mouth shut for six days and then blow a horn. And when they excavated it, just, it's just the way that it was said. Well, why should we be surprised? But it seemed to surprise the excavators that it was just like the Bible said it was. <laughs> but um, send Judah first. So this is what I want you to do. Your enemies have surrounded you, and I want you to get the praise and worship team together. And 120 of you, if I can get 120, it would be good. 120 times 50 is 6,000 years, so at the end of 6,000 years, this is going to happen again anyway, just like it did in the upper room, just like it did in Second Chronicles chapter 5. This is just another little nugget for you to consider. 
because there's nothing in this Bible that's just written on face value. There's four revelation depths that you can get. Verse 19. And the Levites and the children of the Catholics and the children of the Korzites stood up to praise the Lord with God of Israel with a loud voice. With a loud voice. Who is that guy who would be quiet in church? With a loud voice. With a loud voice. Stood up to praise the Lord with a loud voice on high. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood there and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe your God and you'll be established. Believe Pastor Gary and you'll prosper. And when he consulted with the people and appointed the singers unto the Lord and that they should praise the Lord in the beauty of his holiness, they went before the army. They went before the army to praise the Lord. Here it is again. Hallelujah. Kitov, Kileonam, Hesto. Praise the Lord. There's something about this. these verses. Kenneth E. Hagin used to read these verses a lot of the time in his meetings, and the glory of God would fall. Because when the pattern is right, the glory will fall. All we got to do here is get the pattern right. That's all we got to do. When it gets right, we'll, we, don't have, we won't have to ask. We won't have to say when, how long, when the service is going to be over. You'll be saying, I can't believe it's 4 o'clock and, the, and we're still in church. See, because you can't orchestrate those things, but you can praise your way into them. Verse 21, And when he had consulted the people, he appointed the singers, said that they should praise him in the beauty of holiness, and say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began, see, but if this was their breakthrough, don't you get it? Amen. What should I do, God? Should I pray some more? I'm just not even sure if you're with me. Well, when you start questioning God, let me just say you need to go look in the mirror and say, my problem is the person I'm shaving every day. Of course, you ladies don't shave, but anyway, at least I hope you don't. <laughs> when they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and against Moab and Mount Seir and they, that had come up against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab, they all turned on one another. It totally discomfited the enemy, and the enemy destroyed himself, just like Haman on the gallows, you know. It's like, but you need to know that all these truths are in here for you. So that, because again, remind yourself that he's no respecter of persons, what he did for anybody, what he did for anybody, he's obligated to do for me. He's obligated. He said, when you tithe and give offerings, I'm obligated to multiply your seed sown. That's what I do. And he said, I take it seriously. I love my obligations. But he said, I can't do anything for you if you don't do, if you don't, if you won't praise me, I can't do anything for you. But if you'll praise me and be thankful, to give thanks with a grateful heart, just be thankful all the time. I don't have anything to be thankful about right now. I'm sure you think of something. You know, you're on this side of the grass is a good thing some days. <laughs> but there's always something, if you just stop and think about his goodness, think about the fact that you're not going to hell. If that doesn't cheer you up, what, what could? 
I mean, we haven't been there, but we read the travel brochures, and it's awesome. You know, it's like you talk about a retirement plan. It's pretty hard to top that. And he said, my streets are made with gold so that you don't get all hung up on money. I've got pearls. One pearl, one pearl is a gate in my city. He said, so you need to get used to prosperity down here so that you don't get up there and act like the Clampets. Golly, did. He said, I want to, again, Matthew 6, I want to treat you like you're already here with me. My kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So that when I treat you like you're already here with me, you can demonstrate it to your neighbors. That you can, the people around you will say, this is the seed that the Lord has blessed. Isn't that what the Bible says? They'll declare that you're the seed that the Lord has blessed. They're supposed to be looking at you and calling you blessed. And so there's only one thing that we need to do. What's that? Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him. And make sure that I love my neighbor as myself. Praise Him and love people. Praise God and love people. It's not complicated. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.